Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. It ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Great wisdom by Mark Twain. Stock market can go three ways, up, down, and sideways. Why is your portfolio only making money when the markets go up? This is Robert Kuhn. Let's get started. Welcome to Destination Retirement Hour. I am Robert Kuhn, your host, president and founder of Kuhn Capital Partners. Yes, we're independent. We're a registered investment advisor and fiduciary. We take advantage of our new generation retirement system. It includes the three hallmarks of our firm, fiduciary, transparency, and technology. If you've listened to the show, you know that we have two guiding principles as a firm. We want to make sure your money lasts as long as you do. We want to deliver financial peace of mind to you and your family, whatever that is. A couple of ways to start the conversation, go to KUHNCP.com, click on meet with an advisor or give us a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. So thanks for joining us this week. We have a guest with us. His name is Andrew. How do you spell your last name? I think it starts with a K. Oh, Andrew Kuhn. Yeah, that's correct. So, so is that C-O-O-N or K-U-H-N? K-U-H-N. Some people in, you know, that you come across with the same last name pronounce it Kuhn. Uh, yeah. But uh, glad to uh, say that we pronounce it Kuhn. So that's K-U-H-N. Well, there you go. Well, good. Well, let me introduce Andrew. He is my son. Yes, I'm, I'm very pleased to have him on. And he is also a partner of Focused Compounding Capital Management. So I thought he, it would be great just to kind of, you know, change things up a bit um, and, and have Andrew on and, and his insight and his brains and kind of who he deals with and, uh, you know, kind of just go from there. I want to thank everybody for texting in last week. It was the alternative show. And we're going to talk a lot about those topics today. Uh, Andrew deals with kind of a different client than our firm. And Andrew, why don't you give kind of just super high level overview of, of what you do, your firm and kind of who your ideal client is? Yeah, sure. So focus compounding capital management. Uh, we manage capital both through a hedge fund structure and through a separate managed account structure. So to keep uh, you know as much lingo out as possible, all that means is in the hedge fund arm, we pull together investor capital and invest it through one vehicle. And in the separate managed accounts arm, uh, similar to if a client signs up with you, the individuals all sign up under our arm and we allocate the capital amongst all the different accounts. Um, so we really try to take an institutionalized approach to an investing. And what I mean by that is our investor base, the people that we prospect for the most part, are very high net worth individuals and institutional type of capital. Um, so think family offices, think uh you know, corporations, to put that in perspective, for the fund, our investment minimum is actually $2 million. Um, but for the managed accounts, the investment minimum is basically, uh, it's $250,000. So really, it's available for everybody else, if they want to get exposure to what we're doing. Um, but really, the genesis of our firm is to focus in pockets of the market, where large pools of capital cannot or will not invest um, for various reasons. And sometimes it could be certain constraints, just like the size of the type of companies um, uh, that's within their mandate that they're allowed to focus on. So um, really, we take this institutionalized research approach to investing, and we're doing it in the pocket of the market 
that is less followed by other market participants, other large funds, other institutions. And we have found that focusing in this pond uh, that is less fished in provides an opportunity for us to, you know, provide meaningful value to our clients. At the heart of what we try to do is we're, you know, looking to buy what we think are very high quality businesses and then pay a price that we believe is cheap relative to the future earnings of that company. You can kind of think about it like private equity in the public markets. Um, we think about it very similar. I guess your viewers could kind of relate maybe if they've ever thought about buying a business themselves. Sure. Um, if you're going to buy a business themselves or yourself, you're going to learn a lot about the business, learn about the customers, uh, go over the financials, get very comfortable with the company and its prospects. And you're going to pay a price that you believe is cheap relative to the future value that you think the company could generate. So we're really just taking that approach and applying it in the pocket of the market or a pocket of the market where other participants aren't focusing on. So, okay. So two things. So are we competitors right now? We are not competitors. Absolutely not. Okay, good. <laughs> no, that is good to hear. Um, you know, I thought it'd be good. And the second thing is I wanted to bring you on because you, when you deal with kind of higher net worth in, in, you know, investors, I think it's proven over time that the higher net worth, the institutional investor, they perform better than the average in, uh, individual. And so you're very active as far as management goes. Isn't that what all advisors should do or, or kind of give me your thoughts on kind of the state of the financial advice business, because on the show, we often talk about how people, you know, in, you know, my time of, you know, 20 some years and in your time in the industry of whatever that is, six years now, seven years. And, you know, I find that most people have what they think is active management, but they really just own um, index funds or a closet index fund portfolio. Like we like to talk about, and you pay the advisor the right to basically just do what the market does. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the first place to start with this topic is I have a lot of sympathy for every individual listening or when you come across these portfolios where they think they're getting something that they're actually not. And if you think about it, a lot of these individuals, they work their whole career, they're focusing on something completely different, and then they retire and they're sort of thrown into this, right? Sure. And if you want to add gasoline to the fire, they're also thrown into this where markets are at all-time highs, valuations basically across any sort of stock are incredibly stretched. Or asset class, really, right? Yeah, asset class. Um, uh, you know, everything that's going on right now currently with Russia and Ukraine, I mean, I'm not uh, an expert in geopolitics, but, you know, these are all just very interesting times that, um, you know, if you're an investor today, or you're in retirement today, these are things that you probably throughout your life wouldn't have had to think about. Um, but now you're thinking about it, right? Because you're sort of thrown into this, because now you're could be living on fixed income of some sort, you're retired, or you have an investment portfolio that you're living off of, and it moves up and down with the market. Um, but no, I agree with you. I do think that most advisors they are very worried about their next client. So they bring in their client today, they put that client in you know, a different product or a bunch of different mutual funds when really at the end of the day, you're paying that advisor a fee for something that you could quite frankly do yourself if you just go and buy the market. And what does that advisor do after he has you on board? 
Well, he's off to his next client and he's off to trying to find, um, you know, more capital. I really like the way that you go about raising money and or bringing on new clients is you're providing content, sure. which I think is much better than the traditional, you know, here, let me sell to you and then try to go find um, your next client because you are providing value to your current clients and you're providing value to quite frankly, prospects and people that may not even become a client. Well, there's a lot of that. There's a lot out, a lot of that out there. And, and I think, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when, and when we look at kind of what the market did, you know, over, I don't, we'll be plus or minus a little bit on this, I'm sure, but the last 13 years, I think it's annualized somewhere in the neighborhood of, of, of 13, 14, 15%. And then the last three years, large growth, you know, close to 25%. And so I think people have a false sense of, well, my portfolio must be great because the market, you know, I just keep seeing my value go up and up and up. But as you know, when the markets go down, I mean, is that where the value is added? At, at least in, I mean, I, we know that that's where the value is added, but I want you to share with the listeners because, um, you know, our average client is kind of in that, you know, we help individuals who have kind of that 100,000 to 5 million, you know, $6 million space, right? And, you know, your clients in a lot of instances have, you know, $100 million net worth. Do you think that they look at investing differently than kind of the, like our clients? Yeah, I would say that's definitely true. I would say that autopilot is not a strategy for a lot of these individuals. Well, explain that. And I think a lot of individuals sort of in that, you know, because again, we have a managed accounts arm where we take investors that are in this demographic. Mm -hmm. They tend to have their finances on autopilot. They don't have some sort of active strategy. Now, when I say active strategy, I'm not saying you're trading every single day or- But isn't that what people hear though? I mean, when you, when you hear active strategy in defense, a lot of times when I talk to that about clients, you know, they hear, well, you're trying to time the market. You're trying to out, you know, outsmart the market. Yeah, I mean, that's immediately what I think of. But I mean, active strategy doesn't mean that really. Yeah. Active strategy means you just are not investing on autopilot. So really the way that we invest, for example, um, is we're looking to buy great prices. We're paying valuations that are nowhere near the valuations of the entire market. Sure. You have a strategy where it's not on autopilot, right? You're not just going up and down with the market. And I'm telling you, I really believe it. There has been a fundamental shift in the market. We have inflation raising, raging high. We have the Fed taking the training wheels off of the market. Going forward, I promise you, in my opinion, the market is not going to be like how it was the past seven to eight years. But a lot of times, you know, people have to see, you know, some feel some pain before they want to recognize that change is needed, right? Absolutely. And I could give you an example. I mean, I don't want to, obviously, I'm not going to use his name, but the good story is this, right? You don't want to end up in a situation where you're panicking because you don't know what to do. I know a few individuals through the 2020 COVID crash that sold out close or near to the bottom. That math does not do well for your retirement. And I think that's just it. And, and you know, as we continue this you know, show today, I just want to, you know, because you, you deal with different, a different clientele. And I just am so curious to, you know, what it is that they think. And, you know, do they look at fees only? Because, you know, and we'll get into kind of a lot this show on, you know, bonds and buy and hold and asset allocation and, 
you know, kind of what that means to you and, and what that means to kind of my demographic of client. But you are listening to Destination Retirement, Andrew. I'm glad that you're with us. This show brings back brings us back to old times, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, Andrew is going to stay with us uh, this show. But if you want to get in, in touch with us and have a conversation, uh, really simple to do. Go to the website, KUHNCP.com, KUHNCP.com. Click on the red meet with an advisor button up at the top of the page, or you can give us a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. And someone from my team will set up a time uh, for us to talk. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the differences between the higher net worth and the average investor. Would you like your portfolio to be more certain in uncertain times? These days, there are more questions than ever. Before we can get to the answers, we have a question for you. What do you want to accomplish? Understanding the bigger picture is the first step to helping you pursue your goals today, tomorrow, and for generations to come. To schedule a complimentary call with Robert, please call 800-674-3217. Again, that's 800-674-3217. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. I am Robert Kuhn, and this is Destination Retirement Hour. We do have Andrew Kuhn, uh, same last name. There is, uh, well, he is my son. Uh, he is the managing partner of Focus Compounding Capital Management. And I thought it would be a great uh, opportunity to kind of bring him on this week and, and you know, just kind of go back and forth and share kind of, you know, so you can hear his uh, views. And he deals with a Kind of a different clientele so i think it's very important to kind of hear what they're looking at what keeps them up at night what concerns those types of investors so if you want to get in touch with us on anything that we talk about today a couple of ways to do that go to kuhncp.com kuhncp.com click on the red meet with an advisor button or give us a call 630-492-1912 630-492-1912 all right man so what uh, what is keeping your uh, uh, clients up at night? What are their their big concerns? I mean, big concerns, I think, to everybody involved in the market right now is interest rates and inflation, right? Yeah. Um, inflation now is becoming a political issue, right? They have more people talking about it. So this is not just throughout the financial community. So I would say- but Wasn't it transitory? I, that's what they said, right? They did say it was transitory. And, um, you know, we do know that that is not true. Uh, here's the thing, right, about inflation is a lot of the numbers that the Fed quotes and that the media quotes, it doesn't include the price of oil, energy, gasoline, and food, right? So the average American, the average citizen, what are the two things that, you know, quite frankly, they're most sensitive to. Wait, we don't need to drive or eat? Exactly. Food and oil, <laughs> um, energy. Yeah. So you're having a, a, and you know, you could compound that with these other, this other issue going on overseas. And you're seeing, I mean, the average price of gasoline across the country now was $4.23. Um, I think last year it was about half of that. You're having some parts of the country, California, um, $7 plus. And that's absolutely crazy. So you're in Chicago and I'm in Dallas, Texas. And people are being, people are really feeling it at the pump. Does that, do you think that really, so when we look at retirement planning, right? 
and and you in our conversations it really said some things that kind of stuck out to me and you know one i don't know we talked a few weeks back on on this subject but you mentioned that retirement those that are in retirement or nearing retirement it's all about cash flow absolutely and, and that's well that's kind of different than you know maybe if i had talked to you you know two or three or four years ago and, and maybe that's you know just because of your personal life and you, you know people we know that are you know in or nearing retirement but can you expand on kind of, you know, that thought and, and why it's so important? Yeah, sure. I want to connect with all your listeners, hopefully. If you've ever had, a, if you work with an advisor, typically what's the first thing that they do with you? They run some sort of financial planning. They run some sort of cash flow analysis for you in retirement. You hope. Yeah, you hope, right? If not, they should definitely call you because that <laughs> should be, you know, the first thing that they do. Um, let me tell you something. This is a sad truth. Inflation is at 7.9% currently right now. If that doesn't calm down, that financial plan that you had written that probably factored in, I imagine a 2% inflation rate, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So imagine if you retire and you have a million dollars and almost $80,000 a year is being eaten away by inflation. You know, you have to overcome that, right? You do. We're, we're, in a, we're in a period of time where, you know, who, who did you learn? You know, you've always been a big Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger kind of advocate, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, when we look at, you know, kind of the world today, so we have, you know, raging inflation and we have, you know, obviously massive uncertainty in the market. Current, you know, valuations are, you know, very, very high. And, and you know, the statistic, I, I say it and I like to say it on the radio all the time. But when you hear this statistic, how does it resonate with you? So if you bought Microsoft in 2000, it took you 16 years just to get back to even. Yet during the first 10 years, so 2000, 2010, I think they almost tripled their earnings. So the markets can stay down longer than, or trade sideways longer than most people expect. So what are, in your opinion, you know, what are, you, what are clients to do today who need to produce income who need some level of certainty and have to overcome inflation. Yeah, that's so that's one of the best examples you could give for why most individuals need some sort of active strategy. And you are correct, right? It took Microsoft, whatever it was, 10 plus years, 16, just to get back to even we talk about 16 years, like it's 16 minutes. I mean, imagine actually living that out. Yeah. And imagine also pulling income from your portfolio to live on that portfolio would diminish yep. very fast. Um, so it just goes to point that investors, they need some sort of active strategy. You can't just go and buy a bunch of mutual funds at any time ETF, in the market stocks, and hope to, yeah. yeah, ETF stocks and hope to do good over time. The problem why most investors do that, quite frankly, is because the advisors are the ones that are putting them in this and then they go and find their next client, right? They're just rainmakers. The same stock, the same business could be a great investment at one price and completely speculative and a bad investment at a different price. It's just like if you were to go and buy a house, for example, right? Let's say you're going to buy a house that's you know 2,000 square feet. It has two bedrooms, two bathrooms. Uh, that same house could be maybe a great investment if you could buy it for $100,000. Uh, and it would be a terrible investment if you could buy it for a million dollars, right? The same foundation of the house, the fundamentals of the house have not changed but the price that people are willing to pay 
the price that people are willing to sell at can really dictate the type of investment that you're going to have based on the returns. So no, if anything, it makes a good point for why investors need to have some sort of active strategy. Now more than ever, by the way, because of where we are in the world and because inflation is raging hot and investors need to try to make up for that lost principle with some yield. I, I sympathize with a lot of people retiring today because it's a very tough time to retire. Gone are the days where you retire and you could buy 7 to 8% government bonds and basically call it a day. Yeah. That, well, my goodness, that would be great. You are listening to uh, Destination Retirement. Uh, Andrew Kuhn uh, has joined us and I am your host, Robert Kuhn. So anything we talk about today, certainly just give us a call, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. And we'll certainly do all we can to uh, help you out in any way that we can. So I agree completely with a lot, you know, obviously what you're saying, but I, I just think still that many listeners, when you hear, they have been so conditioned, uh, Andrew, to just buy and hold. And anytime you bring them strategies that are new, they, they just, you know, it's, it's hard to make a decision. It's that whole mentality of too good to be true. And, you know, one of my concerns for listeners is they're still utilizing bonds as, as kind of a portfolio stabilizer. Do you have any thoughts on, you know, kind of the bond market and using, you know, traditional fixed income to uh, mitigate downside if the markets do drop substantially? Yeah, I mean, rates are going higher, right? So bonds are going to get smoked. You've already seen a pretty large rotation out of bonds. Um, it's a very interesting time. Yeah, I don't think that the traditional 60-40 portfolio is the right portfolio for modern times, quite frankly. I mean, when did that study even come out? What were interest rates at? Probably much higher than where they are now. Well, that's and that's really good, a great point you bring up because if you look at from '85 till I don't know when you know last year or the year before, you know if you look at a 60/40 portfolio, the average return was uh, just north of 10 percent. And so, if you're kind of looking at you know like I think most advisors do and most individuals do, what has done well, you know it's, it it obviously makes a lot of sense. But if you listen to Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, all the big banks, um, most of them, anyways, when they look at the 60-40 portfolio going forward today over the next 10 years, it, uh, many of them are saying it's kind of around that 4% rate of return just simply because where interest rates are. So think of the risk that you're taking to get 4% rate of return. And add that to the fact that inflation is raging hot right now. So you're actually, it's, it's actually a negative yield. Now, I mean, to be fair, I do think inflation eventually, I don't think 8% is a sustainable number long term. But with the now, you know, between now and the next couple of years, it, you know, that those are very, it's very realistic. Exactly. Those are very scary numbers. Um, so you just need to, I believe, have some sort of active strategy, something that's different than just investing on autopilot. And you need to try to earn risk adjusted returns that are more favorable uh, than, you know, currently the, the situation. Yeah, and when you look at kind of what you guys do, and in, 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 I mean, advisors are not all created equal. Would you? I mean, when when we say, what are we called? Hedge. Well, you know, you you know, hedge fund manager or financial advisor, stockbroker, financial planner, financial consultant. You know, we all sound pretty good, um, but there's a difference between a really good, well thought out plan 
than, you know, just obviously the market going up and down. I mean, do you see that kind of in your space with the clients that you deal with? I mean, are fees a big deal to those investors? No, absolutely not. I think actually fees are the most, it's just a question that is important, but really people just waste too much time on it. Sure. And we could go into that into the next, uh, um, the next segment. But I, I, to your point about individuals sounding smart, look, if I were to go on an airplane and talk to 20 different pilots, if they were confident and sounded like they knew what they were talking about, I would probably think they're good pilots. I have no idea how a plane works. I don't know how, <laughs> how aerodynamics and physics of flying an airplane. So why should the individual know, or they shouldn't be held to the standard of, oh, am I actually making the right decision if this is the right financial advisor? That's something that should be on our side of the pond. Um, but no, I mean, I'm happy to talk about the fee conversation. So how do you judge somebody though? Don't you think you have to judge somebody by performance over maybe a certain period of time? I mean, there's no clearinghouse that says, okay, you know, this is a great advisor. This is not a good advisor. I mean, how, how do individuals put yourself in that, you know, 55 to 65 year old individual, you know, half a million, million, two million bucks. I mean, they're probably getting hit pretty hard. You know, what do you think a differentiator is of an advisor? Is is it education? I mean, because that's what we've always led is is really just want to be, you know, educators. Look, it is education. It's producing the content so they understand. If I were to hire a financial advisor myself, I would be very focused on their process, how they think about the world, what they do in downturns, how they invest basically their overall ethos to managing capital. If you go and sit down with an advisor and they just slap a 100-year chart of the S&P 500 down on the table and say, markets go up over time, we're just going to buy stocks. I just don't think there's any source of not autopilot in that strategy. Um, so yeah, and to your point, no two advisors are created equal. Right. Everyone does it differently. And I don't want to cut you off, but we're coming up against a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about content. I want I didn't, you know, let's talk about content first and then and then let's get into hedging. So uh you're all listening to Destination Retirement. When we come back, uh, Andrew and I are going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to quiz him on content. He is a content creator, and I think that's fantastic. I haven't really thought a whole lot about how you know, that could help an individual in making a decision. I'm working with an advisor, but I want to bounce some ideas off of him. So if you have any interest in anything that we're speaking with, you know, the easiest way to get into touch with us is to go to the website, kuhncp.com, kuhncp.com. Click on the red meet with uh, an advisor button or give us a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. More after the break. Are you considering buying an annuity or did you buy an annuity because you were promised stock market like returns with no downside? If you own the wrong annuity, there is a great chance you've experienced little to no growth over the past few years. In many instances, the insurance agent received more in commission than many have in actual investment growth. If you'd like to learn more about our annuity repair strategy, please call Robert 800-674-3217. Again, that's 800-674-3217. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. Welcome back. You're listening to Destination Retirement with Robert Kuhn, special guest actually this week, Andrew Kuhn. Uh, he's a uh, managing partner of Focus Compound Capital Management, happens to be my son. So this is 
a fun treat uh, for us, even though we do this off air probably more than we should. Um, too much. Yeah, we do talk a lot, obviously. Uh, a couple of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, easiest way is to uh, go to the website, kuhncp.com, kuhncp.com. Click on the meet with an advisor button, or you can give us a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Man, we used to, in the Dallas market, Andrew, um, you know, do the radio show. I just absolutely loved it. So it's a special treat to have you on this week. And, uh, you know, hopefully share with our listeners uh, kind of a different point of view, because I think we see a lot of things similar, but I think we see a lot of things different, which, you know, I guess that's what makes a market, right? That's what makes a healthy conversation, I think. Yeah. I, I, and and that's kind of leads me down the path. And I always try to put myself in, in you know, in the show of, of the, the, the listener. Okay. I, you know, the, the person who's kind of, you know, 50, 55, 60, you know, years old, getting ready to retire or in retirement. And, you know, they're bombarded with, you know, people who have, we've got the best this, we've got the best that, and we've kind of taken a different approach. And, and you listen to shows, I listen to shows, and, you know, we can pretty much sum up, you know, within a minute or two, kind of what the pitch is, right? Um, here, here's, you know, our pitch, our pitch is education, because we think if we can educate you on strategies, and I want to talk about that today, kind of how strategies are now available to kind of the masses that you know, historically haven't been available or the segment that haven't been available to those individuals, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, what your thoughts are on, on, on some of those as well. But we talked about content in the last hour. The way that people consume and gather their financial information has changed. And, and I, I, I will never forget this. When you decided to uh, start your fund and, and you basically, you know, had said that you're going to um, create content and, and that's going to create a fund for you. And, and I think I've told you, or maybe I alluded to it, but I certainly thought that, well, that's not going to work. And my goodness, did you prove me wrong? And I absolutely love it. What are your thoughts kind of on, on content that's out there today? And how do you view content in, in kind of educating your client base or investor base? No, it's a great question. And really, it's been the foundation of how we've built our firm. I think we should talk about like, what is the typical way that individuals bring on new clients in, you know, the financial advisory world, right? They have a seminar with a stake, they cold call people yeah. or referrals. Okay. Now referrals are great. I would never hate on that, yeah. but paying 50, 60 bucks to have you know, a seminar per person. It can't be that cheap in Dallas. I mean, yeah, we're 80 to hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Really. It's just one big sales pitch, right? Like let's, let's call a spade a spade. So really we don't want to do that. And we don't do that. Every single one of the investors that have invested with us, either through our managed accounts, uh, $250,000 minimum or the fund, it's a $2 million minimum, two different products mm -hmm. has come and on board with us because they listen to the content that my partner and I put out into the investing world. So we really took the, if you build it, they will come approach to building a business. And what I mean by that is we actually just crossed four years on our podcast, wow. uh, which is interesting. So Focus Compounding is the podcast. We talk all about investing. I think pound for pound, we are probably one of the best uh, value-oriented investing podcasts on the internet. And the reason I say that is because most individuals, uh, when they uh, produce content, they just bring on other investors and interview them. 
we don't do that. We actually produce actionable content. And if I could use a booyah term, we try to give actionable ideas. <laughs> yeah. um, Everybody hates on Kramer, don't they? Yeah. Well, like I always say, you get up on TV and have an opinion about everything every single day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's entertainment, you know, and that's really it. Um, but that's why I think what you're doing is so great as well is because you're actually providing content uh, and educating. And I really think that at the heart of what we both do is we provide content. And what that allows our investors or clients to do is to self-select into our way of viewing the world. So every one of our investors or clients that have come on board with us, they reached out to us. That is absolutely amazing. The only outbound marketing we do is we just put the content out into the world. And we've built up a pretty decent following because I think we provide pretty decent content. And a lot of times individuals will listen for some time and then they'll reach out to us and say, hey, I've been listening to your stuff for a long time. It really resonates with me. This sounds like what I would want to implement in my personal portfolio. How do we make it happen? And I really think that's the best way to go about starting a partnership because I'm not pushing any client. I'm not trying to ask them to become a client. It's nothing like that. Yeah. The start of a good partnership is when both people are on equal footing and it makes sense to partner together because it's beneficial to both individuals. And that's something that we really try to do. And I really do think it starts with education. Um, if you are going to seminar dinners or you currently work with an advisor and you met them through a seminar dinner, you know, I think I'm not trying to, I don't hate on anybody trying to build their business, but I promise you that advisor is just focused on their next seminar dinner. They're focused on bringing in their next client. Well, those aren't cheap, man. They aren't cheap. No, absolutely not. And so like what you just said, though, you know, the education, I think a couple of things that when you were talking about the content that hit me uh, and you are listening to Destination Retirement. And if anything uh, that you hear today piques an interest, simply give us a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. That it really hit me was how does somebody meet with an advisor? Okay. Whether it's a referral, whether it's a cold call, whether it's an advertisement, whether it's a seminar dinner or whatever, for an hour or an hour and a half, and then decide that I want to entrust this person when I really don't know what this person's thoughts are other than that hour, where like you guys, and, and certainly what we're trying to do, we put out countless hours of content within this radio show think about it that way. I mean, would you rather work with somebody that you just go and hear all of the great things for? Or would you rather work with someone that has hundreds and hundreds of hours of content that you could sit and listen to? Yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, right? That's, it's, that's what's so great about it. Yeah. I mean, you, anybody listening could go back to January, yep. February, March of 2020, and see where our head was at. What were we thinking? What were we looking at as the market's crashing, right? So it's just the best way to basically pre-qualify yourself and you give every single potential investor the content or the material to decide if you're the right fit for them or not. And then you also give those individuals the material to feel confident if they made the right decision or not. I just, I don't know, I get on my soapbox often and Maybe it's because I just have seen some of these portfolios. Maybe it's because you're my son. Maybe it's, it could be because I'm <laughs> your son, right? Yeah. Um, that, you know, you just come across these portfolios and it's just basically most clients are paying a fee for something that they could do themselves. 
There's zero sort of defense. Now, I'm not saying going out and betting against the market or anything, but I'm saying having some sort of active strategy to prudently manage the portfolio, to mitigate taxes, to give yourself the best risk-adjusted returns. And in our business, Dad, as you know, you are killing it. You are doing a fantastic job. If you put up numbers anywhere in the range of earning 15% compounded per year over time, right? Yeah. That is just, you're just doing a great job. But it can be done, right? Hall of Fame numbers are 20 plus, right? Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that there are a lot of individuals, there are a lot of funds, a lot of smarter money, I guess you could call it, even though I don't think they're any smarter, that put up um, you know, Hall of Fame numbers for their investors and their clients. And I promise you, they do things a little bit different than the average financial advisor and the average client. And the good thing is, is that because of technology, because of the way that the world is now, is that those strategies are available for the individual investor. Well, that's a good segue. So two things. Um, so uh, hedging, and, and you know, I want to talk a little bit about hedging, but let's, let's talk about products and let's talk about um, you know, uh, kind of the good and the bad. So we have a lot of clients that have a lot of cash. Okay. And, and obviously investors are not investors, uh, banks, CDs, et cetera. They're not paying a whole lot. And there's a strategy called, it's a bank auto callable, you know, um, notes, basically it's a bank note and you can get kind of those bank notes. We did some, you know, we talked a lot about them, you know, in the last show, but you know, for kind of one year notes that are paying, you know, in the 5% range. Now, when I started talking to you about structured notes, I don't know if you fully bought into it, but when you can kind of hedge some downside with strategies that are that can't be replicated, I mean, don't you think that that ultimately is what can, is going to be the greatest determining outcome of your investment portfolio is if you lose less when the markets go down? Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game, right? And to my point earlier about institutionalized strategies now being available for everybody else, I mean, this is what large banks do. This is what large pension plans do. This is what large pools of capital do all day long is they're trying to hedge away their risk in any way that they can. So, but, okay, then why does the average investment advisor have absolutely no hedge in their portfolio other than the markets going up? I want, I want to know kind of your thoughts and I'll give you my thoughts after yours. I think the average individual just probably, I mean, again, back to my pilot example, right? Like if, if a, a pilot came on the plane and he talked like a pilot, he looked like a pilot, he acted like he knew what he was doing, I would probably think he's a great pilot. Sure. And I just, quite frankly, I think most financial advisors, they're just not suited as investors to either articulate or bring their clients these types of strategies. And a lot of it could be because, hey, look, they just, you know, maybe they manage a big pool of capital. They charge one to 2%. Wait, so they're rich? They're rich. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to rock the boat. It's one of the best businesses in the world because, I mean, what's your overhead? An office, some internet, yeah. you meet up with your client every, who knows, maybe once a quarter, once every year. It's one of the best businesses in the world. So I think a lot of individuals, they just don't want to, financial advisors, they don't want to rock the boat. So really they themselves are on autopilot and their job is just to make sure that the client always stays fully invested and feels comfortable with losing 25%. Yeah, because here's the here's the sales pitch, Dad. Market falls 20%, you're down 20%. Okay, what are you going to do? Everybody else is down 20%. Markets are up 20, you're up 20. Hey, it's a great time. Yeah. It's a great time to be alive. 
I just think really you need some sort of active strategy where you're not investing your retirement or your personal portfolio on autopilot. Look at the richest people in the world. They did not get there by autopilot. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. We're coming up against a break. And so I'm going to give you kind of my answer to that as well. I think the job of an advisor is to get a client, right? And so anytime you introduce something that's new, it delays that process of getting a client. And that's one thing that we, um, so we planted our flag in kind of wanting to work with individuals that don't just want to ride the market up and down. So uh, we're coming up against a break. So we went long last segment. So we'll get out here. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, income planning, kind of get you know, thoughts uh, from Andrew on what his clients look for in, uh, you know, in distribution, because you work an entire life, you want to make sure that that money is there to pay you something to live on, especially with inflation, you're listening to Destination Retirement. I am Robert Kuhn, you can get in touch with us by going to the website, kuhncp.com, kuhncp.com, or uh, call us 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912, more after the break. Hoping is good. Knowing is better. You are unique, and your investments and plans should reflect that. Investors today want defined outcomes, not investments that simply track the stock market up and down. Did you know most of all mutual funds and managed accounts by Prospectus must stay fully invested no matter how good or bad the stock market is? There is a better way. We want our clients to use portfolio gains to compound their investments, not make up for portfolio losses. Schedule a complimentary call with Robert. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise. It's in our name. Welcome back. This is Destination Retirement. I'm Robert Kuhn. I'm your host, president and founder of Kuhn Capital Partners. We're independent. We're a fiduciary. If this is your first time, welcome. If you are a reoccurring listener, thank you. We see the podcast numbers. They're up and to the right. So, you know, we podcast this show that uh, runs here on WLS. So we want to make sure that we're getting the message out to as many people as we can. So you can uh, pass that podcast on, um, especially to those that have concerns currently in the market. There are a lot of them. You know, we often talk about uh, those throughout the show. So visit us at KUHNCP.com, KUHNCP.com, or give us a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. And if you're just joining us here, where have you been? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully, uh, you know, Andrew, and, and, and we do have uh, Andrew Cooney's a, a guest with us this week, a managing partner of Focus Compounding Capital Management. Uh, did you know the average listener listens, they say, for seven minutes? Is that right? I'm actually surprised that it's seven minutes. <laughs> what are you saying? I, I thought they, you know, were, were appointment listening start to finish. Yeah, our uh, monkey brains, unfortunately, you know, with all these notifications and stimulus to our brains, unfortunately, I think has uh, made our attention spans go down a little bit. But that's the good part about the podcast, right? And that's why yeah. people should listen to the podcast is because you can listen in at your own pace, at your own leisure. No, and and, and you hit, you know, a couple things you said earlier uh, in the show today. And, and and for those that are just, you know, joining us, um, certainly with Andrew, and, you know, we, we do this off air, you know, all day, or a lot, and not as much as as we used to, because he's, uh, a big shot now running a, a really nice fund, but that's still, I love having uh, time to, to kind of go over it. So this show, we did bounce around a whole lot. Um, and, and if some things appeal to you, or if they don't appeal to you, we just want to kind of 
bring in a bunch of ideas because uh, Andrew's uh, clientele generally, um, you know, he has two offerings. Uh, one is, um, you know, kind of $250,000 and up and the other is I think $2 million and up. So if anybody, you know, wants to, to get in touch with Andrew and kind of learn what they are doing, um, we are separate companies, Coon Capital Partners and Focus Compounding. Um, so you'd have to kind of do your own due diligence and make sure that you're comfortable with it, with what they're doing. But how would they get in touch with you, Drew? You could reach out to me, Andrew at focuscompounding.com, or you could just go to focuscompounding.com, uh, then hit that invest with us tab. But, you know, really, Dad, quite frankly, the best place for everybody to learn about us is to simply listen to our podcast, which is, uh, I'm sure you guessed it, Focus Compounding. Uh, we're the number one value investing podcast in the world, in my opinion. I don't have the data to back that yeah. up, but I do believe it to be true. But you guys do have a great following. We have a great following. We're on Twitter, which is at Focus Compound. Uh, but we do, we've been doing the podcast for four years now. And I mean, you know, I could give you the perfect example of what the podcast has done. Uh, today, an individual reached out and he had said, hey, I've been listening to your podcast for some time. I have $500,000 in liquid assets between an IRA and a Roth. And I want to become an investor. And you know what my response was to him? My response to him was, let's have a conversation first to determine alignment between our firm and our objectives and our strategies, just to see if it makes sense. I need to write that down. Yeah, it's like I could forward it to you. You could use it uh, for your <laughs> future clients. Um, yeah. But we really do believe it because if you are trying to create a partnership, right? You with your clients, your partners, right? Well, that's in the name, right? Coon Capital Partners. Coon Capital exactly. Partners. Yeah. You want to both understand each other and make sure that you're a good fit for each other. Because let's be honest, a lot of what I do is not a good fit for a lot of people. And a lot of people are not good fits for us. And I think it makes sense just to really try to see if, uh, you know, if it makes sense to work together. And because it's, you know, we do bring different types of strategies. And if you want plain Jane, bunch of mutual funds up and down with the market, the same sales pitch where they slap down a chart of 50 years of the SP 500 and say, just sit and hold course. You know, we're not those type of guys and you aren't either. I don't want to speak for you, but I know you're not. Yeah. And going forward in the economic environment that we're heading into and that we're currently in, in my opinion, I just think the past 10 years are not going to be a lot like the next 10 years. And if you're living in retirement or you're going to be in retirement in five years, I think you need to plan differently. Without a doubt. And, and that, you know, that kind of leads me to, you know, kind of, of hedging and, you know, I, on the show, especially in, in just everything that, that we talk about is, you know, how do kind of the Warren Buffett's of the world or, you know, the bigger pools, endowments, institutions and larger capital, you know, why is there such a difference between how they invest and how kind of that, you know, hundred thousand to $5 million client, um, you know, invests. And, and I think a lot of it's advice, number one, that's given to them. But would you, it, well, you talked with a lot of business owners, and, and you mentioned it earlier today, when you look at the banks and institutions, etc. They're always hedging their bets, right? In some form. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, in, in some form, but it, they're hedging against kind of what the unknown is. But yet, why is it that you know, when I say hedging, kind of what does that mean to you? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? In, in, in relation to kind of that person who's got 100,000 to 5 million, who could probably least afford to see major drawdowns. So if anybody, if anybody takes away anything from this podcast today, it's that the three most important words in investing 
our margin of safety. And what that means is whenever you're investing in a company or you're doing anything with your portfolio, you want to have some sort of margin of safety to hedge against the unknown. The problem with investing in finance is finance is all about the future, right? I always like to use the example. Accounting is all about the past. Finance is all about the future. And the future is unknowable, which makes this all very hard, which is why you need to think in probabilities and you want to have some sort of margin of safety to hedge against the unknown. It's the same reason when you drive your car over a bridge, the bridge is suitable to hold, you know, I'll butcher the number, but 100,000 pounds when your car is really only 10,000 pounds or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a margin of safety to hedge against the unknown because you don't want to come across something that would take you out of the game potentially. And if you're an individual in retirement, God forbid you ever have to go back to work or have to worry about that. These are the times in your life where you've worked your whole life where you're supposed to be enjoying your life, living off your assets, traveling, spending time with family, just basically enjoying the fruits of your labor. So you want to have some sort of margin of safety in place, um, some sort of hedge, if you will. And there's many different definitions of what a hedge could be. Sure. Um, I, I would argue if you are active in your approach of buying companies where you're not just going to pay any price for any type of business, uh, there's an inherent hedge in that. And then there are other strategies that you bring to your clients where there's a hedge in um, you know, the product itself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, without a doubt. And, you know, and because you can't invest with, you know, we always talk about return drivers. And when you look at return drivers of a portfolio, you know, most people listening today, they're probably, you know, their only return driver is a green arrow on, you know, CNBC or Fox News or wherever you get your information from, right? And and that's just a really dangerous game to play. But don't you think that, um, you know, a lot of the topics are complicated as well in that when we bring, you know, you mentioned the pilot analogy, right? If they look, sound, talk like a pilot, then you think he's a competent pilot. But I think that comes down to having trust in somebody that they're not just going to try to sell you a solution. They're going to really try to articulate, you know, which sleeve of your portfolio is meant to do what, where, you know, certainly you want some buy and hold. You know, we like to say, you know, investing is a three-legged stool. It's, you know, we have the, the buy leg, the hold leg, and, you know, very few people can, can do well, which, you know, may be the greatest determining factor of the sell leg. And, and probably the, the worst people at it are people like myself, which is why we're asset allocators that just, you know, have hundreds of clients. I mean, how are they managing that money? Yeah. And that's the problem. So, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, there's a ton of conflicts of interest. You could call it things that are just backwards from the way that it should be in the financial industry. Right. So a lot of individuals, it's always like, well, how big are you? How big is your firm? And if you're not, yeah. if you don't meet sort of that threshold, they think maybe you're not competent enough to manage your capital. Um, to everybody listening, and I think it's really important, I think Warren Buffett produced his best returns for his investors um, in his first 10 years of investing when he was managing peanuts compared to what he's managing today. Size does not always equate to better performance or better returns for your investors. Um, but it really just comes down to, again, having some sort of active strategy that's different than just investing on autopilot, going up and down with the market, 
And if you're with an advisor and you look at your portfolio and you own, you know, 30 to 40 different stocks, I don't know. I don't know how much value they're actually adding for you other than collecting their fee. And they say you're diversified when really you just own the S&P 500. Yeah. And, and, you know, we got it. We're coming up against the, you know, the end of the show, but, and you used to say something, you know, a handful of years ago, um, you know, if you own 50 stocks, you know, how can your number one stock be as good as the 50th stock that you own? Yeah. You know, and, and that always stuck out. We do meet a lot of people, Drew, that have 50, 60, 80 different stocks. They own, you know, half a percent or 1% of a portfolio. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's not, I mean, when I look at those portfolios right away, it's not the individual's fault. I just know immediately yeah, yeah. that their financial advisor or whoever's managing their portfolio he is the rainmaker type yep. that is just going to find their next client. That's it. He wants your fee. That's it. Yeah, good. Well, hey, uh, son, thank you for joining us this week. It was uh, it was great. So um, why don't you tell everybody again, if they want to listen to the podcast or get in touch with you to, to learn a little bit more about what it is that you guys do, uh, how can they do that? Yeah, so you can reach out to me at Andrew at FocusCompounding.com. Uh, Focus Compounding is everything we do. If you Google it, you'll get tons of content, tons of information about us. Uh, really what we do is we uh, kind of take a, a, an active approach to investing and we invest in a pocket of the market where large pools of capital uh, cannot or will not invest. And we are looking to put up decent returns for our investors. Historically, we have done that. And again, I just really think it's taking an active approach to investing, not being on autopilot. Uh, that's very important. So to you, Dad, I really appreciate you bringing me on. Sure. And I guess if you ask me to come on again, I'll know if I did good or not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, we love your insight. We love your brains. We want to make sure that, you know, we're giving people uh, kind of just a different view of, of the investing world. So uh, I want everybody to have a great week. If you do want to uh, touch base with us, if anything that we talked about on the show today, uh, peaked an interest in any way, just go to the website, kuhncp.com, kuhncp.com, or give us a call, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Make it a great week. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Kuhn Capital Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Any statement regarding such matters is explanatory and may not be relied upon as definitive advice. Opinions expressed are current as of the date of this recording, and such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Kuhn Capital Partners. Any reference to guarantees, principal or income, protection, buffers, or defined outcome investments are generally structured notes or fixed insurance products backed by the claims paying ability of the offering company and are not insured by any government agency. Kuhn Capital Partners is not affiliated with any guests unless otherwise stated and does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of any data presented. Kuhn Capital Partners and its affiliates are not responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions in this recording. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including but not limited to the potential loss of principal. Advisory services are offered through Kuhn Capital Partners, LLC, a registered investment advisor.